Appamata and its programs are supported by your generosity and your generosity and support makes such a difference. You can find a link for contributions on the website at appamata.org. Thank you. It is with great pleasure that I introduce our Dharma facilitator for today, Jessica Steinbalmer. Jessica has been with Appamata since 2011. She comes with many skills in embodiment, which is so important to our practice. She's a yoga teacher and she is a Hakomi practitioner. She is certified in appreciative inquiry as a facilitator. She is a behavioral scientist with her husband, John Eric, who is also very uh, busy with the Sangha. And they own a user interface consultancy. Jessica has done so many things for Appamata. She meets weekly with Council 3. She has um, facilitated the Wednesday night service on all different programs, but focuses especially on loving kindness and Zen and the body. She set up inquiry for its online presence and rotates hosting that weekly. And she has been very involved with the councils and the board on working, uh, working with us through the appreciative inquiry process to looking at how we envision Appamata for the next three years. So I want to thank you, Jessica, for your generosity in facilitating us with this Dharma experience this morning. Thank you so much, Joan. And thank you everyone for being here. Uh, it is such an honor and uh, a joy. I'm very grateful to be here with all of you this morning. I'm sitting over to the side because the sun is really intense in my eyes right here. So I hope you can see me okay. Okay. So um, this morning, I, I thought that we would read a little bit from Joko Beck's new book, and many of you have probably read it or, or heard of it in different ways. Uh, by now, we've been circulating it quite a bit in the, in the Sangha. Um, but when I saw the, the title for this particular chapter, <laughs> Vastness and Peanut Butter, uh, I, it really made me chuckle. And I hope it did some of you as well. So <clears throat> I thought that this might be of interest to discuss. You know, we, we talk about vastness in our robe chant. Vast is the robe of liberation. And so we have a little bit of sense of why our practice might include vastness, but why peanut butter? <laughs> so maybe we'll read a bit together and find out uh, what Joko meant by this. <clears throat> you know, peanut butter is kind of an interesting thing. I think for many of us, it might remind us of childhood. Um, it might be a little bit fraught if you have allergies to it or if you've developed allergies over the years. It might be delicious to you. So we all have opinions about peanut butter. Um, but let's see what this has to do with our practice. 
So Nancy, if you don't mind sharing the reading, um, I would love it if we could take turns reading. Let's see, I need to be able to see you guys. Okay, there you are. Um, and so maybe just raise your hand and then Nancy um, will help you unmute or you can unmute yourself uh, if you'd like to do the reading. And what we'll do is we'll read through and each person can just read one paragraph at a time. Uh, we're going to read pages one through uh, just the, this first section and then we'll skip a couple of sections and go to the end. The vastness and the peanut butter. The apparent universe neither arises via nor independently of sentient beings. The apparent aspect of sentient beings arises with that of the universe, and the universe becomes apparent concurrently. The Taoist philosopher Wen Wu Wei's words are fancy ways of saying that since nothing exists in the way of space and time, all that we see arises at the second we see it. The seer and the seeing are part of the same moment, the same experience of seeing. If you think about it this too much, it will drive you crazy. But there is something important here for how we understand the world around us. Okay, Audi, please. My universe in these seconds consists of me, you, the traffic, the rug, the green leaves. All that is part of the apparent universe, which is my universe. For you, it's these words in front of you and whatever else you see and experience. The idea that there is a universe that existed five minutes ago or that will exist in five minutes is just that, an idea in your head. There is only a rising, just a rising, that's all. A rising has no time, no space, but here it is. The third patriarch of Zen, Jianzi Zenkam, said at the end of that long and beautiful poem that we read once in a while, face in mind or Hin Sing Ming, the infinite part of the apparent universe. No, sorry. The infinite universe stands always before your eyes. The apparent universe, and it is just an arising. We will get back to that. Uh, Jaya, please. Zen teacher Maureen Stewart said, Zazen washes away all conceptual thoughts and makes the mind clear and fresh. The Zazen mind is the kind of mind that develops from sitting. Practice isn't about playing with these ideas in your head. It's making it real for yourself. If, if the universe is just arising with no space and time, that is arising is of equal importance. It means all these things are equally arising. The pain in your leg, the cockroach that's invaded your house, the job you want or just lost. When something's arising, 
We want to glom onto it, have thoughts about it, make it solid and real. It's not solid or real, it's just arising. The person you hate is just arising. It isn't that there's you and him and the cockroach and the pain in your leg. There's just what Zim Master Dogen calls whole being. It's not that we're all pieces of whole being. There's just whole being arising. John, um, John Eric, please. Our job in practice is to experience this arising. It doesn't work to think about it abstractly. We don't experience the person we hate abstractly. We think of it as Harriet sitting right over there. What or who was it today you didn't think of as an equal to yourself? Was it the cockroach? The phone call you got as opposed to the call you wanted? Your lover, your child? What at any given moment do you feel is not equal to yourself? From morning to night, we judge a thousand things a thousand times. If we didn't, we wouldn't mess up things, neglect things, put them out of place, favor one situation or person over another, lose our temper or have fancy ideas of being a victim. <clears throat> if we experienced it all as just arising with no time or space, we wouldn't be able to do that. Joe, please. Thank you. Life and death, receiving and giving, all the same. There's no space, so they're identical. Succeeding, failing. These are words and thoughts projected onto something that is without thought. To see everything arising isn't a thought. It's just, here we are. And the only thing that interrupts the unity is thinking. If I really believe that stuff about Harriet, she's not just arising from me. She's an impediment sitting over there. Something I've got to get rid of. Do you see what I mean? And so I've gone from arising, which has no time and space, to a very fixed notion about something. And since we don't do that with just one person or thing, but with many people and things, we create lives that give us or that cause us difficulty. John, please. Stop being told when I realize what I do all day long. There are all sorts of things I neglect or misplace. It takes a lifetime of practice to see that there's nothing that's not equal to yourself. You're just arising. Um, Monica, please. Even in the realization of this basic equality, we still have priorities. We have things we want to accomplish. Some things get put aside, but the attitude with which we do that changes. We aren't sloppy when we're really appreciating what goes on. Basically, our attention is always slipping from what's arising and going back to our notion of ourselves. The core belief is our frantic attempt to get life solidified, controlled, and fixed in some way over long periods of time so that we won't get hurt. 
or so we think we won't get hurt. That's a way of dying. It takes our attention off of the life that is arising in this very second. And we're all dying in that way a little bit. Practice is to begin to live again. Okay, let's scroll to the last section. <clears throat> Nothing. Emptiness here, emptiness there, but the infinite universe stands always before your eyes. Senjay Senken, the third patriarch of Zen. We are not part of some larger whole. There's no us, no fixed self. There is nothing but the whole. Because there's nothing but the whole, there's a lot of space for appreciation. I don't appreciate you because I'm such a good person that I've learned to appreciate. I appreciate you because there's no you separate from the whole being. Everything arises together. Buddha nature is whole being. Does that mean it exists or doesn't exist? Both would be thoughts in your mind. You can't get too far with words. You get farther with attention to this very moment's experience. Laurie, sorry, I skipped you. When we come back to attention, we're faced with all our emotions, our fears, all the things that don't go well in our life and all that we hope will go well. As Maureen Stewart said, you have your own Zazen mind. Just listen to it. Listen to it, receive it, and let, let in. If you don't, you'll suffer. If you do, you'll suffer less. It's a nice change. Claudine, please. We often view Zen practice as this way of understanding the nature of reality. And we think if we just could understand the big picture, we wouldn't have so many little problems. But the big picture is just a thought. The truer question is, how do we transform in this moment? Bob, uh, please. To experience the whole requires paying attention to your core beliefs, your strategies, to the little episodes in your life, to what you taste and what you are neglecting. Believing intellectually in emptiness is an error, but believing in some other things is a catastrophe in terms of practice. Jaya, please. I remember being at a Zen center once for a long practice period. We were all eating breakfast outside in the fog. It was very early morning and it was cold. I felt a bit blurry, a bit yucky. And then all of a sudden there was this roar from the teacher. How can you even think of enlightenment when you don't see that your neighbor wants the peanut butter? It was fun. I don't have much interest in people who have seen the vastness if they can't pass the peanut butter. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for reading. Um, <laughs> so and now I'd like to um, get into breakout rooms and allow you guys some time to just discuss that with one another. Um, and then as part of that, or maybe before you before you discuss, I'd like to offer a little Hakomi exercise. 
because our pra our practice is so relational, and I think that that's what this chapter is really pointing to. Um, there's a, a sweet Hakami exercise that maybe some of you have done where you open and close your eyes. So that's basically that's basically it. That's what we'll do. Uh, you'll sit with your partner or partners, depending on how many people are in the room. Um, and then get into a place of mindfulness, you know, welcome that curious witness inside of you. Um, another way to think of this is practicing curiosity. So just like you do in your zazen practice, just sit for a minute, you can close your eyes and really tune into what's happening inside of you. Notice any thoughts, sensations, feelings. And then when you're ready, just simply open your eyes and look at the screen. Look at the person or people that are with you. Notice what happens as you open your eyes, as you begin relating. And close your eyes again whenever you're ready. And then again, curiously notice what's happening as I close my eyes. So it's a very simple exercise. Sometimes it can be really profound. I'm wondering what that was like for everyone. Um, I'd like to just take about 10 minutes or so and open the floor to uh, a larger discussion. We'll use the same format, maybe just uh, raising your hands and then un uh, unmute. Chaya. So we were talking about in in our um, breakout room, the meaning of the peanut butter. And we weren't 100% clear on what it was. My thought was possibly wisdom being passed um, from those that are able to experience enlightenment or similar feelings and being able to share it with others, not just keep it for themselves. but. We're unclear on that. And I was wondering if anybody else had insight into that. What is the peanut butter? Hmm. Thank you, Chaya. Maybe Becky wants to say something about that. <laughs> oh, you, you muted. Thank you. It says I'm unmuted, am I? Yes. yes. Oh, good. Um, so I hadn't actually been thinking about the peanut butter per se very much. We, and, but I thought she was just sort of referring to practical immediate things that we fail to be aware of, uh, even though they are part of what is there and sometimes necessary for a person who's eating, for instance. So that's all I took it as aside from you know the gooeyness of peanut butter, um, but but for for us we what happened for us was that each of us experienced such a big smile when we opened our eyes to each other when we when we then held that we were sitting with each other we experienced such a big and joyful smile that that was 
that was the main experience that we had in all of it. And, and we had a little bit of discussion, but mostly we smiled at each other a lot. So that's, that was the experience. Thank you, thank you. Ah. Well, you are muted. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, I had a, a pleasant experience of uh, meeting meeting somebody for the first time, uh, being that I'm relatively new to Appamata. We had a, a very pleasant, uh, peaceful experience with the practice and our discussion about, uh, for me, what's coming next. And uh, my partner was was very gracious in in uh, sharing with me her experience with Appamata. Uh, as for the peanut butter, um, I I took away uh, a little bit of meaning, which was as I as I do as I as I practice my awareness in zazen. If as I as I become a, more aware of what's going on in my life, it's also important and perhaps necessary to also become aware of my neighbors, my, my, my existence with other sentient beings and the need to uh, maintain a helping hand towards them and be aware of what's going on. Um, so it's that notion that care for your brother and sister, no, no, you know, do what you can do no harm, do well. Thank you so much, Bob. Anne. Good morning. Um, I love that phrase that Bob just used. I want a bumper sticker that says, as to the peanut butter, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> um, yeah, Nate and I, um, I had a wonderful experience with Nate that I was able to express some things that um, felt like distancing things, felt like lack of connection things to what was going on this morning for me and the group and was really able to turn that around just by making the connection with Nate. That was really wonderful to see how much um, that was the practice for me. Thank you, Anne. Yeah, in our small group, we talked about um, how in Zazen, our eyes are neither closed nor open, somewhere halfway in between. And um, It was really notable to me to think about the intimacy that happens when you're sitting with others, not blocking people out, but also not searching, you know, or letting your eye, you know, letting your eyes wander. <clears throat> um, so I, I enjoyed that discussion in our group. Joan. 
I had a very profound experience uh, with Nelda, and I don't know if I can relate it so that you might get a little glimpse of it, but she was talking about how she has come to realize that self-nurturing is nurturing the universe and self-harm is harming the universe. And looking at Nelda, I could see that so clearly because she gives so much to everything, adds so much. And for her to not be nurtured or to be harmed would be such a loss for us all that I just suddenly I could get it that all of us have our impact and, and our, our positive role in the world and that we've got to take care of ourselves to do that. And then we've got to be concerned about other people doing it so that they can, can have their, um, uh, positive energy going into the world. And it was, it was just a very profound opening for me. So I want to thank Nelda and I wanted to share it with you all. Thank you, John. Joel. Thank you. Well, I, I was, um, I got to be paired with Darcy, whom I had kind of been hoping for. Uh, and I had, I had the experience of my my camera is kind of up high above my screen. So when I thought I might be looking, you know, open my eyes and look into her eyes, uh, I was not. I was looking at an image some way off from where she might have been looking when she looked in my direction, which is much different from doing this in person where you're sitting essentially knee to knee the way we've done in the Zendo. Uh, but it was just just as as Joan said, there was a I, I felt a profound connection. I also found, you know, I could watch myself searching her image for the things that I recognized the most and that and that part of me was was like, can I really believe this? You know, and oh yes, there are her eyebrows, there's the the way her her mouth curves and and it, you know, just the, those things folding into myself and allowing me to to feel the connection. I I don't know how to explain why it meant so much, but it it just felt really so important. And um, and Darcy, forgive me, I'm gonna say some of the things you said. Unless would you like to talk about them yourself? Because what you said was really great. So I I should go ahead. Okay. Darcy was talking about feelings. I, I, I complained first uh, to her and said, I just don't get this thing that Joko is saying. Like pretending that somebody didn't exist five minutes ago. You know, <laughs> what? I, you know, I wanted to be connected with you, Darcy, because I know you and I know what you've been through and how you are meeting it and, 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 and that's so important to me. And yeah, I should not act like that's the end of the world, this idea that I have, but, I, but I'm not willing to give it up. I'm just not willing to. And Darcy said, yeah, well, okay, Joel, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, another way is what she was experiencing and sitting, which was 
to sit and have a powerful emotion move through you and that it moves through mm. and that it's not permanent and that that is the and that she said what joko is suggesting is a mercy mm. uh, and that that was powerful for me and it looks like darcy's unstable internet connection is unstabilized on her so i'm sorry for that but anyway that's that's what i wanted to say thank you thank you so much joel thank you everyone for being here today and for, for stepping forward and for participating oh lovely thank you we'll finish up now